1: Hello, what's good? It's a 24 seven sports football recruiting podcast. My name is Florian Angulo. I hope everyone had an amazing weekend. If you're listening to us in an article on 24 seven sports, or on a message board on 24-7 Sports. Remember, you can get this podcast the moment it comes out, so please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you've got a recruiting question and you want it to get answered on a future mailbag episode and edition on this podcast, leave a five-star Apple podcast review with your recruiting question. On today's show, we're going to be joined by national recruiting analyst Greg Biggins to discuss Alabama's big weekend, Ohio State going out to the state of Georgia for a big-time defensive back, We're going to touch on Pac-12 recruiting. There's a lot of activity over the last few days, and we're going to break down what he likes on his In-N-Out burger. So let's get to it. Here is the kickoff. And what better way to kick things off than with Greg Biggins. He's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports and friend of the show, Greg Biggins. Greg, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Blair. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm seeing a lot clearer now. God bless you. Uh, obviously, ha- yeah, I had the eye procedure recently, so I'm on your level now
2: when I'm looking at some of this tape. Do honestly I, th- I had my eyes done so long ago it- it's worn off. Like I can't see even like probably twenty, fifty now. so i'm I'm wearing readers at night and can- squinting during the daytime. so, and you, you, you passed me by a wide margin,
1: <laughs> and it's not helping that you have your eyes glued to your to your computer screen all day. Oh no, I'm sure that's probably setting it back a couple decades as well, Greg. There, I mean, there, there's just so much to get into. But let's start with <laughs> Alabama going, uh, really cl- cleaning house this last weekend, right? With with yeah. three big time commitments along the offensive line. You know, you you had a pretty interesting tweet. Uh, you know, basically, kind of telling everyone to calm down. Alabama is just fine. And they proved it this last weekend getting commitments um, from Terrence Ferguson. He's the number two rated offensive guard in the country in the 24 seven sports composite out of the state of Georgia. And then they got Tommy Brockemeyer and James Brockemeyer, the brothers out of the state of Texas. and, And now they are now number two in the team rankings.
2: Yeah, no, it's freaky how good Alabama is, and I think I saw a stat. It's not, it's not a, it's not a new stat, but just it's eye popping when you hear. It, I think they finished with the number one class in the country, like what eight of the last ten years, if I'm remem- remembering that stat right.
1: I think it's ten. So they've had they have ten recruiting titles over the last twelve or twelve or thirteen years. That's that's
2: absurd. So I mean, there was a time. I mean, I guess I guess if you're a Alabama fan, you're so used to you know seeing them get whoever they want. That when they saw Ohio State, you know, kind of rolling and Clemson rolling. But, uh, I mean, if you're a Bama fan, it's, it must be nice. Right? It's got to be good to be the king. We are kind of stressed out a little bit. You don't know what's going on, and all of a sudden just boom, boom, boom. And these guys are getting – and I, I know you got, uh, you know, our, our, our boy Tim Watts coming in later with some knowledge. But J.C. Latham, I remember – I think I took a picture. I don't know if I sent it to you, Blair, but at the Future 50 where I saw Tommy and, and James Brockamore, they're all there. I've never seen a kid look like J.C. James, James, Latham except for Tyron Smith. And they they just they're just built differently. And I said, here's why West Coast football is down, and football in the South is is buzzing and doing so well. It's because guys like that. And it was a picture of him just walking around. And you know they're just they're just freaks. You, you have JC and Tommy, the top two tackles. And I didn't really even know James Brockhammer that well until we saw him, and he won almost every single rep at Future Fifty. Obviously, number one rated right center, and then Terrence Ferguson, like you mentioned, the number two, number three guard nationally with a with a ton of potential and a ton of ability a top 100 player top 50 player nationally so Bama offensive line are not done yet um they have room probably for another elite elite guy and like I said man it's got to be good to be the king
1: yeah let's throw it over to Travis Ryer he's a senior analyst for Bama online and site publisher Tim Watts to listen to them talk about James and Tommy Brockemeyer
3: I guess you could say Tim Double the fun for the Alabama football staff with the big news coming out of the state of Texas.
0: Absolutely. The Brockermeyer twins, James and Tommy, have committed to Alabama. Uh, you know, it's really it's really hard to undersell this. I mean, you're looking at a guy with, with connections to Texas, very strong connections, don't live very far from Texas. The dad was an All-American there. He was a first-round draft pick, I believe. So you're talking about two guys with strong inroads to texas and i mean you're getting you know you know the number two center in the country now it's a little interesting to compare these two james six foot three 270 so he's more on that interior offensive line side but his brother he's over six foot six 285 pounds um so you're getting a little bit above these aren't this isn't a situation where they're going to have to compete with each other um obviously they were a package deal james is a guy I like because he he's he's the pissed off twin, you know he's the he's the angry brother. He's the he's the one that plays hard. He does a lot of things. You see a lot of them at center when uh, his brother uh, Tommy went down last year to enter, uh, injury. James popped in over there at left tackle and locked down that end. Did a terrific job. Uh, player who loves to latch on to guys, drives them. I mean, he will take them to the bus. Gets to that second level, can pull quick snap guy. Uh, excellent prospect in his own right. I believe we got him number two in the country uh, as center, and I think a Composite has, has a number one. So excellent prospect in his own right. And, of course, Tommy, uh, you know, top, top five consensus Composite player. Big guy, moves well. His sophomore film is some of the best you'll see. Just a totally dominant guy. And uh, set out last year with a shoulder injury, but is expected to be back this year.
3: Yeah, I guess similar to Kendrick Blackshire a couple of days ago. Uh, impressive to see where Tommy Brockemeyer still sits in those composite rankings and among the very best offensive tackle prospects in the country, Tim. When you do consider that injury, just like Blackshire with the knee injury that kept him out a year ago.
0: Yeah, these guys—they're workhorses. Uh, you know, the family gets it—a good family, a hard-working family. Um, You know, you can't say enough. This Alabama, if you look back at April, maybe March, there was a lot of panic uh, from Alabama fans. We told them to be calm, be patient. You know, they were trying to get, uh, you know, Dr. Ray and Baloo's system set up. They were trying to figure out how to handle this. I mean, they they were still probably holding out hope that there was going to be camps. And when there wasn't, you've seen that moment. Momentum carry, but you know, tip of the hat. Carl Scott did a fabulous job last year, especially in Texas, and um, for him to go in here and land the Brockermeyer twins is a big deal. Kyle Floods definitely has to get some credit. Uh, he, very heavily involved, um, you know, worked with them on the, you know, how Alabama does does the area position, and both of these guys tag team. Of course, Saban always plays a huge role, but just a tremendous effort by Carl
3: Scott and Flood. It really has been amazing, Tim, from a historical perspective, to think about the work that you know Alabama's really done in the Nick Saban era. And really, even before that, with Greg McElroy uh, being a part of one of those those last Mike Shula classes, but specifically to the Nick Saban regime, uh, they've done a lot of damage. And you mentioned the ties that the Brockemeyers have, obviously, to UT through their father. Well... Their older brother is a linebacker, Luke, I think, out at, at UT. So, you know, they're not just going in and taking some guys that, you know, maybe don't have roots to A&M or UT or the other universities in the state. They're they're taking some guys with some really, really deep-seated connections to places yeah, like but- Texas.
0: Yeah, this isn't the old he grew up a fan of. I mean, this is my daddy (laughs) went there. My mama went to went to school there. They met there. They dated there. My brother goes there. This would be like very similar. Had Alabama lost Brody Croyle in a lot of ways, a really highly recruited guy. Mm -hmm. Had a sister up there. His dad had played there the whole nine yards, and um, that that would be the equivalent. So you can't really undersell. The job Alabama did here, or the commitment, and this this has been trending that way for a little while. The uh, no visit uh, situation we have right now probably hurt Alabama to make it go a little bit further. Because if you remember, early in the process, these guys set up an official visit for James without Tommy, and Tommy was coming on an unofficial visit. Then they had Tommy coming on official, and they had James coming on a unofficial. So they, they were, were going to work serious. it. They were going yeah. to be pretty serious about coming and seeing and and uh, they're pretty serious about Alabama. Tremendous job moves Alabama's class in the top five. The uh, numbers haven't been calculated. I believe this puts them at number two. Which wow, Travis, it wasn't very long ago when they were sixty fourth or something. And oh yeah, yeah. It 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 seems a long time ago, but it really wasn't that long ago when it was just. Deontay Lawson sitting out there by himself like hello is this yeah. thing on he's the only one in the class by himself.
3: <laughs> and a couple of five stars at the offensive tackle position now uh very much uh in play but it's it's been a really good run elsewhere too I mean this is a solid rain of four and five stars that we're seeing here in the last couple of weeks so those were our friends, Travis
0: Ryer
1: and Tim Watts over at Bama Online. Make sure to check out their podcast as well. We'll be right back here on the
0: 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: We are back here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast, joined by Greg Biggins. He's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Greg Biggins. And you just, you just had yourself some in and out, my guy, what, what's, so you're, you're a Californian through and through what, what's,
2: what's your in and out order. So it's actually in the living room. I'm, I'm, I I put the in and out on hold to get this done. So if we want to go ahead and move this along here, Blair, it's getting cold. at at (laughs) No, my, my order, it's honestly, it's pretty basic. It's nothing, it's nothing off the secret, you know, on the secret menu. It's just double, double ketchup, lettuce, pickle. And then I just go with the basic fries. Well done. And uh you know the the regular fries a little kind of soft, a little too healthy for me. well done, makes them a little a little crispier, and I'll go with the chocolate shake if I'm feeling you know if I'm feeling uh you know like I need a little something something, but uh no shake tonight, just a burger and fries. So you pass on the onions i do I do a pass on the onions. I just I'm not an onion guy i, I do I do like onion rings, but I don't like onions by themselves without the nice, healthy batter surrounding uh, it.
1: Well, have you tried the grilled onions?
2: I have it to me it's still an onion. I just can't get behind it. What about the whole grilled onion? No, Blair. No onion. (laughs) They stop trying to sell me on the onion. I like I got my my pickle lettuce ketchup and their lettuce is always awesome. I'm a huge lettuce lettuce guy. I, I like I want the lettuce to be as thick as the burger almost. So they do it right, man. I'm a fan. I know people say it's overrated and you know, it's like for me, and now it's a five star and whataburger is like a one star. well, I was I was
1: about to say tune yeah. in next week to hear Greg Biggins' thoughts on Whataburger.
2: Yeah, it's it's not even in the same ballpark. One is you know in the big league, other ones like not even at A ball. They're they're trying to get drafted to get to A-ball. That's the difference between those two. Jeez.
1: That's I right. I love it.
2: I went there. I love it. You went there. Well, th- there's a battle for number one
1: on 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 the recruiting side of it as well. Not we're not talking burgers here, but Ohio State is now having to hold off Alabama, which is making a charge. I'm not sure if you can maybe pump the brakes on Ohio State running away with the number one class because it looks like they might be uncatchable at this point. I think the Crimson Tide are the only program that has a, a real shot unless Ohio State completely collapses and loses all their commitments. But they just added another one this, this last weekend from four-star cornerback um, Jordan Hancock. He's from North Gwinnett High School in Suwanee, Georgia. And when you look at their class, Greg, it's just quality from top to bottom. You know, a lot of the programs, especially heading into the summer, were creeping up to the top of the list in terms of the recruiting rankings because of their quantity. But when you look at Ohio State, not only do they have a lot of commitments, but they have a lot of quality commitments. And when you look at what's left on the board with guys like Emeka Ibuka, the number one rated receiver in the country. And JT Tui Moloao, the number one defensive lineman in the country, uh, they have a lot to to fight for still.
2: Yeah, I mean, just to speak on Hancock for a second, it, it's interesting and, and something I also tweeted out when he decommitted from Clemson. You know, Clemson had an incredible streak of of no decommitments since 2014. That's a non They had one that was academic related, but non Non-academic, non-academic related commitments since 2014, and Hancock is another second guy. You know, Corey Foreman obviously being the first. Uh, so that was it was a huge blow for Clemson, and then now you add Hancock, who's a top 100 player, a uh, an elite top five corner nationally on our board, and you add him to what was already a stacked, stacked Ohio State DB class. They're I think they're already six, six deep if you include safeties and corners. they were turning guys down who were like in the top two, four, seven. So you add a Hancock to what they already have. It's, it's an incredible combination. Like, like you said, it's not just, you know, a lot of numbers, it's high quality, high end talent, blue chip talent, and and a lot of it. And there's still guys that they can get that would only add enhance this class. So, you know, like I said about Bama, good to be the King right now, Ohio state that they're right there too, man. They're, they're building something special and um, great coaching staff works really hard. And I love the class they're bringing in.
1: That was what I was going to touch on, is the class and kind of the effort that the whole staff has put into building this. Because, you know, from the outside looking in as a fan or someone that observes recruiting or looks at it, uh, you might wonder or you you might believe that it's easy, right, for an Ohio State, the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the Georgias, the, the USC, who we're about to touch on in a little bit that a lot of those schools kind of recruit the, for themselves, right? That The name, the brand, the, the logo on the, on the polo uh, speaks for itself and, and they do a lot of the recruiting. But when, when you have to combat the, a lot of the negative recruiting, right, that goes on behind the scenes, when you have to fight off that chart, right? where you you look at uh, what you have already on campus and and you're fighting against that. When you're recruiting a player to potentially join your roster and you have to convince him that he has a shot to to see the field eventually, it's a pretty in, in impressive accomplishment,
2: yeah. I mean, that the whole adage of that school recruits itself. There is some truth if if you're recruiting, Say, you know, if you're at USC and you're recruiting against Idaho State, right? Idaho State can can be on a kid for a whole year. And if USC wants them tomorrow, the guy's going to commit. But we're talking about these kids are all being recruited by all the major powers. And you can't win at recruiting unless your number one, your head coach is very, very passionate about it. And it kind of just trickles on down. I think is right now he's proven to be one of the best head coaches as far as our recruiting in the the country. And I think before him, Urban Meyer had that reputation, and so does Nick Saban. You, know, you look at Alabama and Ohio State, and you did a, a poll and then say, who's the best head coach recruiters of all time? You would see a lot of Nick Saban, a lot of Urban Meyer. You're going to see Ed Orgeron right now. He's absolutely rolling. You got Mack Brown. Why is UNC doing so well all of a sudden? Mack Brown was a legendary rec- recruiter at Texas. Why is Oregon doing so well? Mario Cristobal, right? So, if your head coach isn't super passionate about recruiting, then Todd Day is. You want to bring it back to Ohio State? They absolutely is. And if you have a passionate head coach who works and grinds, and it's a, it's very important, and they're they're not just a closer; they're actually there from the beginning to the end. Okay, they don't they don't, they don't just come in late; but they're always involved. It just that kind of trickles down to the rest of the staff, and so your receiver coach, your DB coach, your OC, your D line, that everybody has to be passionate about is if your head coach is involved. And so I think you know. Yeah, it helps to have a big name. It helps to wear that, you know, that 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 polo with Ohio State on it, with Bama on it, with Clemson on it. But you got to have a staff that really, really, really works hard. And and all those schools I just named, they all grind and, and work really hard at it.
1: Let's flip things over to the West Coast, Greg, uh, a little closer to us, and, and talk some Pac-12 recruiting. A lot of activity over the last week or so, and USC is is hitting the, the you know, speaking of energy, right? And speaking of effort, and speaking of 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 kind of a revived. Uh, sense of energy in recruiting, USC has, has experienced a renaissance of sorts. They just landed Prophet Brown. He's a four-star, two-way standout from Northern California. What do you like about Profit and and what he's going to be able to bring? Because I know some schools like them at running back and some schools like them at defensive
2: back. Yeah, USC likes him for corner. I, I like him for corner as well. Frame-wise, I think we list him 5'10", 5'11", 180. I've seen him. He doesn't look that big to me. He looks more closer to 5'9", 5'10". Uh, maybe one seventy five ish. So you look at the frame and if, for me, if you have a chance to be an, an elite, every down corner or kind of more of a an all purpose, I um, don't want to call anyone a scat back, but you know, maybe a situational running back who's not going to be that two hundred and twenty pound banger who's gonna play all three downs, you know, go play corner. And that's why I was always, no tangent, I, just, I was always big on D'Anthony Thomas playing corner for that reason. Uh, but getting back to Prophet Bromi, he's a 10-9, 100-meter guy. That's a sophomore time, uh, electric speed. You see it in the tape, uh, really quick and fast. Those are two different things, right? He's got that short area quickness and the long speed. He's got change of direction. He's got long arms. He's an aggressive kid. Uh, he's got ball skills. He had three interceptions last year, all three he took back for touchdowns. So he's a game-breaker. He's a game-changer. And I just, a huge. I, honestly, I didn't even know USC was in his top one or two. And then all of a sudden, all the crystal balls kind of started flying in. And, and we heard about it, uh, that, hey, USC is going to pull this guy in. And huge credit to Dante Williams. You talked about, you you know, USC with the new life. You know, Dante Williams was the lead recruiter for Prophet Brown. And I thought he was going to Oklahoma. If not then, maybe Michigan. If not then, maybe Oregon. So USC kind of, you know, kind of rallied At least that's that was our view from on the outside looking in. You know, Obviously, USC always felt good with him, and, and Dante Williams really established a good relationship with both him and his family and his coaching staff. And, uh, like I said, a really, really good pickup at a position of need.
1: Yeah, Dante Williams, and and he's been very active on social media with the hashtag TakeBackTheWest, right? And, and I think that's what USC is aiming to do. And it's nothing really subtle when you are fi- not only fighting Oregon for the top spot in the Pac-12 rankings, but I think it, it transcends that and they're going beyond that and trying to take back the West in terms of keeping some of the top prospects closer to home and, and keeping them in state in the Cal, in, in, state, in the state of California. I know Profit Brown, like you mentioned, Oklahoma was up there for him. So uh, I think there's a, a mixed message there that they're sending and they want to make it clear that they uh, are, are here to stay. And now I think they have to back it up on the field. Once we we do get some football, I think they have to take that next step on the field to be able to you know keep that momentum that they're building in, in recruiting. Uh, Chris Tervino, who's uh, a friend of the show as well and, and over at USCFootball.com, he had a, a pretty interesting tweet that I wanted to bring out. So Prophet Brown's the sixth prospect that Dante Williams has landed. He's he's the fifth one that he's primary on, and 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 he has another one that he's a secondary recruiter on. In the 2021 cycle, so he's number five nationally in the recruiter rankings. So Dante Williams making a, a big impact uh, there at USC early on in, in his career. Um, with with another prospect in Northern California uh, that that also made a decision this past weekend, Moses Oladejo from Elk Grove, California commits to Cal. And this is a prospect, Greg, that you've been texting texting me and Brandon Huffman about for for several months now. You. You love his tape, and, and obviously I think you you like what the Golden Bears are getting here.
2: Yeah, no, so I think we all we all did our articles on hey, guys who would have blown up if we had a real spring eval period and Moses was one of my 10 guys to watch. And you look at the tape he's six, threes, 230. Uh, and again, just for the fans, we, you know we're, we're big on multi-sport athlete, two-way talents. And you look at the tape and the first thing you see is him going deep as a tight end for a touchdown. and then you see him off the edge you know, killing the quarterback. And then you see him interception, interception on football. And then you see him rushing the passer and, and batting down a ball. And it's just, it's just highlight play after highlight play kind of shows, you know, that he's a dynamic athlete, that he makes plays in space. He's comfortable dropping. He's comfortable rushing the passer. He's got a great frame. He's going to be able to add on to that frame. And you look at Cal's defensive class, right? Akili Calhoun already locked in, a really strong defensive secondary, kind of needed a linebacker to maybe kind of shore things up there. And, and Moses is, is a big-time guy. Again, uh, kind of – I don't want to say under the radar. He had a couple other P5 offers. Colorado was probably his second, uh, second best offer. They came in number two for him. But, you know, a guy who I think would have been a national, national recruit if schools would have been able to come by and see him and work out in person. So I, I love what Cal's doing, and I think Moses is a great fit in that defense for sure.
1: Yeah, don't sleep on Cal's class. Number four right now in the Pac-12 behind Oregon, behind USC, behind Washington. But when you talk about quality uh, and not just quantity, uh, you, you really like what Cal's building.
2: Derek Wilkins, Blair. Derek, Derek Wilkins was was admitted into Stanford. But I'm hearing that Cal is still doing really well. UCLA, obviously, in there. Stanford, obviously, in there. But I I, I continue to hear that you know Cal is uh, they're not going anywhere, and they actually um, have a real shot to hold on to him. I I put a crystal ball in for him a while ago. Kind of when those you kind of feel nervous about the more time goes by. But if Cal is able to land Wilkins, combine him with Achilles Calhoun, that's a heck of a defensive end pair.
1: Yeah, and, and, and you mentioned the defense, right? Caleb Higgins already committed. Ola Dejo br- brings a, a, another weapon to that defensive core. And they've got safeties, Hunter Barth out of the state yep. of Arizona and Fatuvalu Ayosefa out of the state of Hawaii. So it's going to be a, a very interesting race for, for them, especially up in the Pac-12 North as they continue to battle Washington and Oregon and Stanford for some of these recruits. Uh, ASU uh, also made some noise this last week. They, they stayed out west for a receiver, Junior Alexander out of the state of Washington, and they went out to Louisiana to get six- five defensive end, Garen Stansberry. Uh, we're a lot' familiar, or a lot more familiar with Jul- junior Alexander seeing him in the seven on seven circuit the last couple of years, seeing him in camps. Uh, and, and obviously, ASU, you know, has been doing a, a really good job of recruiting out of state talent and Prentice Gill gets one of his top
2: targets. I mean, honestly, they went hard after Troy Franklin, but I am not. I wouldn't be surprised. Prentice Gill, I think this might have been his top guy. Like he loves Junior Alexander. Um, I know he's not rated as high in the composite as he is with 247. I think he's rated in our top two, um, top 200, top 240, whatever. Obviously, we have Brennan Huffman, and, and the composite doesn't, so I'll take our rating over where he's at in the composite. 100%. Guy can play, you know, again, we've seen him a ton. Tracy Ford, another good friend of our program, FSP. Um, so we've seen him a ton and, and he's another one of those guys. So like all of Tracy Ford's guys, are all like 6'2", 6'3". They're all long, they all can run, they're all athletic. Uh, Junior Alexander, really good in Vegas when we last saw him. He's a, uh, I mean, he's a game stretcher, game breaker, um, highly skilled. I, I like him a lot. I think he's really talented. And again, this was the guy that I know, Prentice Gill, really that's not revisionist history i'm talking about long long before other players were committing he really liked this guy a lot so asu um you mentioned stansbury they're doing a really good job of going national they're going back east and getting you know several players as well as trying to stay in Southern california they'll go to washington to get a guy like alexander um Not sure exactly when the show is going to air on Monday, but they're doing pretty well for a player. uh, Robert Reagan from Orange Lutheran High School in Southern California out of the Trinity League. Um, Wisconsin was an early leader for him. I think ASU now is probably the leader. He's going to announce, like I said, on Monday. So by the time the show airs, he could have already happened. But Robert Reagan, a quality cover corner. Um, So I I like ASU. I like their staff a lot, man. They get after it again. You know, it starts from the top. Herm is is committed to recruiting. Then you got, you know, Antonio Pierce and, Another buddy of ours, Chris Hawkins, the whole staff, man, Adam Brenneman, uh, they all get after me. They do a really good job there.
1: And staying in the Pac-12, Stanford also picked up a commitment. It was only their fifth in this class. And obviously, the Cardinal move at a different pace than a lot of the other programs, given the academic uh, process uh, up in Palo Alto, the, the Stanford admissions uh, you know, protocol, and whether or not you get admitted into the school, and, and whether they're able to even take a commitment uh, and they don't offer as many prospects as, as a lot of the other programs as well. So, uh, But they get Mitch Lightbur, who I know a lot of Pac-12 schools liked and, and wanted. And, and this was a prospect that, uh, similarly to a lot of others that we've touched on, would have seen, I think, his stock rise considerably had we had a traditional spring eval period.
2: Yeah, no, just a great all-around football player. I think he had almost 1,000 yards rushing, another, I don't know, 500, 600 yards receiving. You look at his safety tape, he's playing linebacker, he's playing safeties. Again, you're seeing pick sixes. You're seeing scooping scores. You're seeing him come up and just kill people uh, and run support. So, final four: uh, Stanford, UCLA, Cal, Washington. It really came down to UCLA and Stanford. His mom went to UCLA, and and you know we've kind of been hard on UCLA in the past for not really being as aggressive, but they were extremely aggressive with Mitch. I mean, he was their number one priority at, at safety, and they recruited him. I'll, I'll be honest. I think they recruited him harder than Stanford did. Uh, it's just that Stanford degree, man. That Stanford lore of once you clear that admission, that's almost like okay, I'm committing right now. Which he, which he basically did. He got the word that like he was cleared, and then he committed like four or five days later. So uh, even though he, you know, like say, grew up in a UCLA home, um, I think Stanford was his dream school. It's where he's always kind of wanted to go. And and uh, you know, I think one of the better all around football players, not just safety, he's just a football player. Period, on both sides of the ball, in all of Southern California. Do you you feel like
1: Stanford has the same pull that it had in in recent years? Obviously, the results haven't been there on the field, and they had an exodus of of sorts uh, up on campus as well with a lot of the uh, players leaving the program. Uh, It seemed like a a few years ago, a Stanford offer was a lot more automatic than than it is now for, for a prospect to just commit maybe on the spot or to just end the recruitment altogether.
2: Yeah. So I, I would say, ask me after we see what Derek Wilkins does. Cause I I'm with you. Uh, this, this was, this is probably the first year. I think last year they, they still had a, a good solid top 25 recruiting class. Right. But this year was kind of the first year where you just, you don't see kids as excited in the past in terms of getting a Stanford offer. You don't see, you know, them, you know, grinding to get that application turned in right away. So this is the first year where you're kind of wondering, you know, the, the staff doesn't seem to be as aggressive going after it. I don't just mean the guys they haven't offered. I mean, the guys they have offered. You don't see hear the kids saying, yeah, they're recruiting me as hard as this guy and this guy. It just So this is the first year I'm kind of maybe starting to see that. But they go ahead and, and go get Mitch, right, who UCLA was a, a much more aggressive than Stanford was. They still got him. So if Stanford still pulls in Derek Wilkins, who Derek flat out told me Cal and UCLA are recruiting him the hardest, If they are still able to get him just because it's Stanford, then we'll be able to say, you know what, Stanford is still you know, Stanford. But if if they lose Derek, again, Stanford was his childhood dream school. When he got cleared a couple weeks ago, man, he was fired up. At the same time, man, he loves Cal and he loves UCLA, and and they've been more aggressive on him. So if Stanford loses Wilkins, if they do, it's going to be one reason. It's because they weren't on him as hard as his other two Pac-12 schools were.
1: Yeah, I I feel like obviously with the crystal ball being a a big – you know, component of what we do on the website of 24 seven sports. Uh, I just feel like Stanford isn't as automatic as put in the pick right away. Like it might've been a few years ago. So it's definitely an interesting one. And like you said, Wilkins could be an indicator of, of where things stand in, in that regard. Uh, Greg, before we let you go, there's another one out West that, that we need to touch on in, in the PAC 12. Owen Prentice, four-star offensive guard, uh, Turned down Stanford actually yeah, to to yeah. stay closer to home to to Washington. What what do you make of Prentice and 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 the the job that Coach Scott Huff was able to do to reel
2: him in for the Huskies? Again, you know, huge props to Scott Huff. Huge props to Brandon Huffman. You know, again, we ha- I think he's about hundred spots higher in our rankings than he is in the composite. Huff has seen him a ton of times. He's right there on the borderline of being a top one hundred top one hundred guy. Uh, this is a guy that Washington needs. And I've always said it, you know. Washington's probably had their heart broken by Stanford, maybe more than any other Pac 12 school. Maybe UCLA has as well. But Washington, man, they had a little run where every year it seemed like they'd, they'd have a, a Josh Garnett or a Foster Sorrell or some in state guy who was, you know, a Washington guy. We thought maybe going there and all of a sudden, no, he's going to Stanford. So when Prentice got the word that he was cleared academically to go into Stanford, you know, we all talked to Huff and it looked like, okay, they'll probably get Prentice. Then all of a sudden, it's like, you know what? He's going to Washington. And again, I think they were just a little more aggressive with them. Great job by by Scott Huff. Great job by Jimmy Lake and the rest of the staff there. And this guy's a, this guy's a difference maker. He's a game changer. He's super, super strong, super physical, 6'3", 6'4", 290. Uh, he plays angry. He plays with an edge. And, you know, he's what Washington needs. He's what all these Pac-12 teams need. He's a, a difference maker on the offensive line, where it matters, in the trenches. And uh, so that was a huge pull for Washington to be able to keep him home.
1: Yeah, not a big class in, in terms of numbers for them along the offensive line because uh, in, in recent cycles, they've been able to reel in a really good group. They got Miles Morale out of Southern California last year, 6'6", offensive tackle Roger Rosengarten. Uh, they went out to the state of Hawaii and 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 uh, got Julius Bulow a couple years ago as well. I mean, this is a, a program that has been building and has been getting prospects that they can develop along the offensive line. So. Owen Prentice adds adds to that group as
2: well Greg go enjoy your uh, your onion list burger done yeah I'm, I'm salivating as I'm thinking about it so always good talking to you Blair but uh yeah man it's good I'm glad I'm glad we're done here
1: <laughs> enjoy it enjoy the well- done fries as well that's uh that's my wife's staple as well there we go cold well done
2: fries they're probably not as good but
1: uh, <laughs> well, at least you have at
2: off. least at well least you fight. have the chocolate shake yeah they tell the wife i said hello man it was always it was fun to see her in hawaii and hopefully this year if there is a another time for us all to go out there but i'm out Blair. good talking to you the 2021
1: polynesian bowl greg will be out there um so that's greg biggins here for the 24 7 sports football recruiting podcast thank you so much for tuning in and check back with us later this week